0: I'm down to dunk, and I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk.
1: I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy
2: Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is J Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk you say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort? Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, only on a Tuesday, because our basketball feelings are back, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up?
1: What's up, Andrew? Did
2: you feel it last night, too? Because there was a point in that third quarter where I'm sitting there watching games and I... That's what I do almost every night of my life right now As I sit and watch basketball games. And I just kind of take it in. I have a lot of fun doing it. It's wonderful. But I haven't had like basketball feelings that didn't involve tanking in a long time. And they it uh, it surprised me. It hit, hit me like a ton of bricks last night.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I texted the, uh, the group during the game and I said, hey, if, if they win, Wednesday's pod is going to be <laughs> the tank is over pot. We're going going to do that pot. And uh, I'm kind of glad that didn't happen because that would have definitely been used against me uh, when when they inevitably go on a five-game losing streak at some point in December. But uh, yeah, that's how I was feeling. Just because, uh, you know, you can make excuses for the individual game because, you know, Boston did not shoot well. You know, they shot. 10 of 37 from three. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a line from the old thunder of a few weeks ago. (laughs) Of last Um, week. (laughs) The difference in their defensive intensity from the like first three quarters Mm. to the fourth quarter was dramatic and made you think like, okay, they weren't necessarily trying as hard as they probably could. Right. Um, But I also think you have to factor in that it was second night of a back-to-back. On the road, you know, af- after a game where they uh, they expended a lot of energy, scoring all those points in mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden, all, but like an emotional game, you know, playing at MSG. No doubt. And to, to come back from that, and it wasn't like Mark played some, like, ridiculously expanded lineup. If anything, it was more consolidated than ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the five starters each played at least 33 minutes in that game against po- Boston. Poku played... 37 minutes. Last yeah, that was that was my after like morning after shock when I looked <laughs> at the box score and said, wait, how did Poku have the most minutes of anyone? He was hurt. He like left the game for a period of time. You
2: know, I didn't think I'd be saying the phrase Poku played 37 minutes until we got to like March or
1: April. You know? Yeah, totally. And so you factor in those things. And I just think that like that game was super impressive, yeah, and as as bad as it looked sometimes in the fourth quarter, and it did look bad, and we can talk about that, yeah, the fact that they still kept it close through all of that, they still it, it was still a game to the very end, yeah i mean the the way they were playing it stretches of that fourth quarter, you're like this could this could end up being like a ten point loss if they continue like this. But they stabilized somewhat and at least made it competitive uh, towards the end. So, yeah, overall, I was just super impressed. It was a really challenging matchup because Boston is arguably the best team in the league. They have probably the second best point differential right now, but they're on now a seven game winning streak. Everyone was healthy other than Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, unlike the Bucs games where, you know, Giannis and. Drew were missing. It was Javon Carter.
2: It was Javon Carter beating the Thunder.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was Javon Carter. Yeah, this was feeling like, okay, we're going head to head against a legit MVP candidate and Jason Mm -hmm. Tatum. Jalen Brown played awesome. So, yes, I was super impressed and this does feel different to me. Yeah,
2: yeah. They were, they played very good basketball. There was a stretch there at the end of the third when Peyton Pritchard came in and they, just needed some kind of energy and Pritchard went on this like 5 run by himself. Yeah, And then at the beginning of the fourth, it felt like, Oh no, like this is all slipping away. And the officials called out of bounds Celtics ball. And Giddy was just like, Nope, Nope. Review that, you know, immediately. Yeah. And Mark trusts Josh Giddy and trusts his players. And he reviewed it and it ended up being Thunderball. And that, That moment kept them in the game, in my opinion, was challenging it then, not saving your challenge for later, challenging it then. It felt like it at least stopped the momentum. The Thunder actually got back on track and felt like they weathered the storm a little bit. And then it just kind of withered away again. And these are the kind of moments that I was talking about before the season started, where it's like, how do we need to figure out who these guys are and and what they're made of in moments like this? And Turns out, like, this is a young team and young teams lose games. (laughs) Like, that's just a part of this. I still expect this to be a team that is going to have a lottery pick, probably not a super high lot with super high lottery odds, but I expect this to be a team with a lottery pick. But, like, those are the kind of games where you get to learn stuff. And I, it's so important to compete at that level where, like, the garden is rocking and you're playing against a really good Boston Celtics team and you have Shea leading them down the stretch and they missed some shots and that's just kind of how it goes. And I mean, the the Celtics got pretty lucky like getting like a, that Marcus smart three where the ball just kind of popped out into smarts hands and he just shot and made it. And then that Derek white three on the wing too. Uh white yeah. was, Derek white was really good last night. Um, but yeah, getting that shot from Derek white, on the back of that Marcus smart three, like that was the game, but it took those moments for the Celtics to beat this thunder team. And I just didn't think we'd be talking about that. I thought, okay, if they can just be competitive through three quarters or something like that, like this is going to be, you know, that's a great sign for this team, but the fact they were up 15 in the third, I mean, that was really something. And, you know, Presti, Talked about before the season, we're going to let this team declare themselves with regards to how they handle this season. And, you know, this is probably still not big enough of a sample size, 14 games. But if we get to 20 games and they're close to 500 like this, I think they have declared themselves like, Hey, we're in the middle already and we're missing our second best player. And, there's potential for another lottery pick to come back along with Chet who's walking around in, in two shoes. You know, it's uh there's some exciting things percolating in Oklahoma
1: city. You're muted. Yeah. My mic just died, Andrew. Oh uh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I agree with you that I still think they are going to have a lottery pick, you know, I'm not, predicting playoffs based off of this. But I do think I can feel confident in saying that I think there's a clear uh difference between OKC and some of the teams at the true bottom of the league. Oh, yeah. Like, which which we couldn't really say last year. Like as as good as that run was from Shea when he finally came back, um, whatever that was, like February or whatever
2: yeah yeah. in February yeah
1: this is this is different like none of those other teams at the bottom have a player close to the caliber of SGA how he is playing right now yeah. like maybe Cade Cunningham becomes that player down the road he is not that player right now like Shea is playing like a top 10 player in the league and yeah easy. you just can't be at the level of what Detroit's doing right now or what Houston's doing right now when you have a legitimate top 10 player in the league yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, this team has reached a new level, whatever that level is, and it's probably not playoff level, but it's a new level. They they are they have they've reached some new plateau, and then we're going to see where they go from this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what gets me excited because otherwise, you're just like looking for flashes, kind of like we've done the last couple of years. And they've had nice wins in the mm-hmm. past for sure, um, but this this feels different to me.
2: Yeah, they're they're not. I mean, Houston is a mess. They're an absolute mess. Yeah, did
1: you see uh, Eric Gordon's tweet last night? No. He tw- he after the game, I think they lost to the Clippers by a healthy amount. And uh he just tweeted out the super angry emoji. <laughs> super angry emoji. They stink, man. Like
2: they're, they that the Clippers were just playing with their food last night with the Rockets. I mean, they didn't play any of their starters in the fourth quarter at all. Yeah. They sat them because they were going to be on a second night of a back-to-back. Like, yeah, we'll just let them. We'll just let our bench guys handle them. And we know the Clippers have not had the best start. You know, they're only – they were 7-6 and six going into that game. Right. You know, they needed to get that win, and they still felt like, yeah, whatever. We'll just let – we'll just let our, our backups beat these guys. And they did, and they absolutely destroyed them. And then you look at Detroit, who's just really struggled. They're a they minus 9.7 and their point of
1: view. Dude their their big like exciting thing is that they put Marvin Bagley in their starting lineup. I know. And that was going to be and and we had talked to James about that like that was going to be the plan coming into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Some how how they were the most bet over when the team was verbally saying they were going to start Marvin Bagley. Mhm. Who if you look at, I was looking at, I, I didn't bring this up on Saturday Slam and Jam, but I was looking at cleaning the glass from last year. Yeah. In his 500 minutes or whatever it was, no player was a bigger negative than Marvin Bagley for the Pistons. Yeah. He's just not good. He's not. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So I feel like, remember we had that conversation on Slam and Jam in the middle of summer, like which of these four teams is going to be the first to like break out yep. in some way, whatever that ends up yep. meaning, just to separate themselves from the other ones. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it feels like OKC has separated themselves yeah. from those teams. And a lot of that is Shea, because this is a leap that it just doesn't happen a lot. You know, like even if you think he's like a top 15 player in the league, like those types of leaps just don't happen a lot. There can only be 15 best players in the league. Mm-hmm. And he is one of those wherever yeah. you think he is. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I am super psyched. And, and the other thing that gets me super excited is the offense. Because we've talked about how the offense has just been miserable for the last two years. It has been. Uh, you know, 30th or 29th, whatever it's been the last couple years. And in these last couple games but even on the season i think they're at 21st right now yeah
2: they're 21st i'm looking at it right now 21st in offense their defense has fallen to 15th um, right and a lot
1: of that was the Knicks game
2: the Knicks game is like one of those outliers that definitely throws off all of your numbers um, yeah
1: it actually would be funny to pull that game out because i wonder their defense would probably still be top 10 but their offense would yeah maybe go down to like twenty fifth or something. But like this
2: is the this is who kind of who they are, right? Like still not a great offense, but an improving offense and like probably 10 the 10th to 15th best defense in the league. And they're the youngest team in the league. And by the way, this was brought up by Warner West in the chat. They they don't have a consistent starting lineup. Like they're just they've started like nine different groups.
1: This season they refuse they refuse to give us any valuable data.
2: Oh my gosh! And Mark, even before the game, like we'll ask him, you know, hey, who are you starting? And he'll he won't tell us who the starters are. And he told us like, yeah, I'm not giving you the starters this year. Like, okay. And so I, this was a couple weeks ago, but I was like, uh, can you tell me who you're starting in the front court? <laughs> like, give me give me two people that <laughs> you're starting just as. seeing he's like, no, no, he's not doing it. Um, but yeah, they don't have any con- real consistency in the rotation. Guys yeah. are in and out, like there's times where Wiggins doesn't play, and like Wiggins looks so good like he's he's somebody who's like under the radar and like should be under the radar because he's not been like so good like wow, but he's a competent NBA player and was helpful to this team last night and you know J dub played really well last night, kind of carried the thunder in the first quarter and continued to play and played big minutes for them and played some important defense for them. I mean there's just a lot of guys. On this team that are still really young that are developing, and it's been it's been really cool to see. And a guy that has developed into a player that's trustworthy is Poku. I mean, they played him 37 minutes last night, crazy in a game against the Celtics. He, he's looking looking real sturdy out there playing playing big minutes. I even got a text from Jay King last night to the uh, Athletic NBA Show chat talking about how. He, he said, I think Poku might be the one. Uh, so
1: there's <laughs> yeah. a the the tide is turning on Poku a little bit. Uh, yeah, in a good way. And he, you know, he still has he's he's kept his uh, his essence. You know, yeah. Like e- even last night, the, the shot where he <laughs> threw it off of the the rim, it was definitely a shot. But then he immediately followed it up and slammed it home. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Because great. Sh- I could tell right when he shot the first shot, I was like that something looks off. And of course it missed, but to have the confidence and the strength to just go up and go get it. That, that was impressive to me. And then he had another play. I think it was like in the first quarter where it appeared that he was about to lose the ball, unclear what he was going to thinking he was going to do, <laughs> but then he cut back across the lane and he laid it up and it was really impressive. So he still has that, that Poku essence. He hasn't lost that aspect of his game where he's still making some goofy plays, but it's starting to work out more often than not. And to be the lone big on that team and have to go to battle against Al Horford, who yes, is old, but like, is so much bigger than Poku. And there were, there were some moments yeah. where it was cleared, like, this is not a great matchup yeah. for Poku, but on the whole, like did really well in that game. Yeah. he I, I like, I was, I was so impressed I mean, you, you would probably say he was the second best player on the court for the Thunder last night.
2: For stretches, yes. He was. <laughs> like, <laughs> he I mean, was. especially
1: with how the game ended for Gideon Dort. Like, yeah,
2: Gideon Dort are out there trying stuff. And I, this that's part of being young a young team, is that you have guys that are still trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, when you're 19 and 23 years old, like, that's okay. And whenever you're in this season, like, this is the... This is gravy season for the Thunder. Like, whatever happens is okay. You know, every every outcome is acceptable almost. You know, unless I mean, if they were playing like Houston, I would say like, okay, this is unacceptable because there's it doesn't feel like there's like a true path forward to being a good team, but. All the other paths are like, yeah, this is great. If we lose a bunch of games and get a high lottery pick, awesome. If they win a bunch of games and somehow find themselves in the plan, like, holy smokes, like, that's great. They're ahead of schedule. Uh, There's a lot of outcomes that are good for this team and guys figuring it out. Like, Giddy had great moments last night, and he has had moments that were kind of head-scratching, but...
1: Yeah, I went back and watched his turnovers, and so, like, the turnovers that don't bother me are the ones where he's trying to make a pass, and either the... Defense just gets a really good jump on it Mm. or has like good length. And like he's tried to throw a pass over the top in like the second quarter and it got picked off. Those I'm not as worried about Mm -hmm. because I I trust Skiddy's passing. The ones that bother me, and Boston got him on this at least twice, you may even count this third time, but basically they know he's going to spin. When he's bringing the ball up Mm -hmm. and he's playing against someone who's applying pressure to him, he's going to spin. And all you have to do is wait on the other side. And right when he spins, because he holds the ball out far enough, you can just run in there and take it. And that exact thing happened twice with Mm -hmm. Peyton Pritchard and then Derek White being the one stealing the ball. Mm -hmm. And then there was another play where he tried to spin and he fell down. And so those were three of those seven turnovers. That's the part that you're like, you have to like tighten that handle because you've seen this a few times this season where if teams just pressure Giddy a lot and occasionally even bring help, like he's going to have a tough time if you do it quick enough, like if you really get up in his business.
2: Yeah. And he he's used his strength and his body a lot better the last like three or four games
1: to get to the rim and
2: to finish and his floater is falling and
1: you know there's and his his post up which he talked about after last game i mm-hmm. think just like recognizing yeah most of the guys who are guarding me are usually a lot smaller than me yeah him posting up smaller guys that has looked really good the yeah. last couple games
2: yeah it's working and that
1: is something that doesn't really require him to do any crazy moves with yeah. his handles you know yeah yeah um so so yeah so there's good and bad there with dort you know, I thought he was really good through the majority of the game. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, he shot three of seven from three and then it was just like all these drives. And he got, he, he got lucky on a couple, like the one where Derek white grabbed onto the rim. So that one ended up counting and being n one. And that was at a crucial part at the end of the game. I'll
2: tie the game up. It was, it was a big time moment.
1: Yeah. But there were also just like so many that you're like, I don't even know what you're trying to do right now. Why are you, he, he, he's similar to giddy will like make layups more difficult on himself. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll get there and he won't be in control is the problem. You know, Well, he, he had one with, uh, it was against Al Horford. He was driving in from the corner and he had Al Horford on his left and had him like blocked off. Mm-hmm. Could have just gone up with his right hand. Instead. He like went underneath the basket, trying to do this, like under the basket, left-handed <laughs> layup. And it of course didn't work. Looking at his stats, you know, he sh- he's still shooting, like, fine in the restricted area. I think he's at 58%. But the non-restricted area paint shots, he is shooting 25%. And yeah. he had four of those last night and missed all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, when he can't get all the way there, and it's, it's not like it's perfect every time he does get all the way to the rim. But when he doesn't get to the rim, it's like, no, it's going to be bad. <laughs> if he shoots, like, some kind of weird, like, running hook shot or or a floater, like anything he tries outside of the restricted area is not going to work or at least hasn't this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's almost 60% from zero to three feet, 32% from three to 10 feet.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of those shots were last night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that wasn't great. Um, but, you know, he was one of the people that helped them get into the position they were and yeah. he hit some timely threes and I thought he looked comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I understand why people want to look at Gideon Dort because, yes, they did kind of like blow that <laughs> at the end. Mm-hmm. But I still think on the whole, it was a very impressive game from the team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I continue to be very impressed. And, you know, they're missing Trey Mann
2: last night and Darius Baisley last night. Um you know, guys that could have theoretically helped them against the Celtics. And, you know, they continue to, to battle without them. So um, I, I'm impressed. I just thought that if they could just be in this game, that'd be great. They had a chance to win that game. And they had all five members of the starting lineup in double figures. J-Dub with 14. pokey with 16. Dort with 21. Uh, Shea with 37. Giddy with 16. Yeah, Giddy's 16, 7, and 4. He had seven turnovers. Like the turnovers are a lot, especially lately. Um, but again, like I don't I think Mark would look at that and be like, you know what? It's fine. Like we're trying to learn, like we're trying to become a better team. And he's got to have these reps and have these failures throughout the season in order to get better. And so they're gonna continue to let him kind of work through that. And, you know, iron out some of these these creases in his game that, you know, he's still so young. Like, we're still so far away even from his, like, pre-prime age, you know? Yeah. Let alone, like, his prime years. So, there's a lot of... People can be really hard on Giddy and on Dort. And, yeah, there had some rough moments last night. But... That's to be expected. Like, there's going to be rough moments. There's going to be games where Poku shoots one of twelve and not seven of twelve. You know, there's going to be moments yeah. where Giddy misses all of his shots and has more turnovers than assists, and like that, those things are going to happen this season. And that's just a part of like kind of this journey. This Thunder team is going to be on, uh, but man, it's impressive. So,
1: we didn't even mention the the new starting lineup. Yeah. So the new starting lineup played 16 minutes last night, which is unique in the fact that through 14 games or through 13 games, I guess, the most played lineup had played 40 minutes. Yeah. So the fact that that starting lineup played 16 in one game Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting. And the starting lineup, if you weren't able to watch the game, was SGA, Dort, Poku, Giddy, and J-Dub, Yeah. which was like... Incredible. I mean, That's,
2: if, if I could sketch
1: out a lineup before the season, that would, would have been one of my favorites. That probably would have been one of them. And what made it so interesting is that if you look at them quarter by quarter this year, it's been the third quarter where the Thunder have been really good. Mm-hmm. The first quarter, they've largely been bad, especially with like whatever their starting lineup is. Their starting lineups have not been good. That lineup last night, now it's 16 minutes. But they were a plus seventeen point nine net rating. They had a hundred seven point seven offensive rating and an eighty nine point seven defensive rating. <laughs> you, if you're Mark, I get it. It's one game, but you gotta get that a little bit more run. It's, let me see that. Let me see that for like five games in a row. Yeah, yeah, just to see what happens because I, I just loved it. And, and it's very Poku funny. as center is probably not. Well, it's it's not the answer going forward because we have Chet coming in The answer is waiting for us, yeah. But it's still fun. It's very fun, and I still like seeing Poku playing with those guys because I do think he adds something that they need, and the same with J Dub. J Dub adds something that 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 starting lineup needs as well. Yeah, extra
2: ball handling. Like he was hitting pull up shots, and yeah. you know, taking threes, and his three ball has a lot of work to do. But he was two of five last night, six of nine. Um, from the field, I mean he was he was great. He just adds like this other dimension where it's we we know what Dort is and he can be good and terrible and everything in between. They just that's a, just another steady hand out there. It's like starting at forward like there's it really truly is like positionless basketball <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> Out there because it's like, I don't know who's playing what position. I just know like Shea's the best player, and they're surrounding him with these just uber versatile players out there. And that's the idea. And you forget a little bit about Chet sometimes, you forget about Usman Jang because he's been away from the team a little bit playing with the blue. Like, if those, if certainly Chet's going to come in and make a big impact, but if Jang, who's like another, add him to the list of like versatile players that can do stuff, I mean. It's just very intriguing to think about what this team could be along with adding a player in the 23 draft. I mean, this is
1: Yeah, because it's all coming together. Uh, going back to the Toronto game, you know, one thing was that Siakam wasn't playing. Yeah. But the other thing was that the Raptors roster actually like lines up pretty well for these types of smaller ball lineups mm-hmm. that the Thunder would like to play. Yeah, and so they were really successful, but then you start wondering, well, okay, is this just like kind of matchup dependent? Are we really going to see these lineups going forward? I would, I would just love for the rest of the season for them to start playing those lineups in less conventional matchups. Like, mm-hmm. like they're going to play Memphis this week coming up. Yeah, no. Bane. What what are, what are they going to do? Like, what is that starting lineup going to look like? Especially if Triple J is back, and you have Triple J and Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that starting lineup going to look like? But I'd kind of just like to see, like, why not just throw that same lineup out there? And just see what happens.
2: Yeah. For, I mean... Who cares? Against the T-Wolves, they didn't try to adjust to their size. Yeah. You know? They started Kenrich and
1: Poku on night one. So so I, I would like that going forward. That's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, you might as well just start those guys and just...
2: I mean, they try to play fast. I mean, that's just something that I keep watching them like when i'm there at the games and sitting up close it's like mark is just like let's go like get into these actions quick you can see the players that are inbounding the ball if there's a make just trying to get the ball in as fast as possible i mean they want to play fast and you know if you're playing against bigger guys you're playing against stephen adams and triple J, they're going to want to play faster they're going to have to get into their actions a little bit faster if they want to score yeah um that's another interesting matchup. I mean, it's just more looks at good teams. You know, their, their upcoming schedule, they play Washington uh, Wednesday night, Memphis on Friday, and then they're back home next week. They play the Knicks Monday night, uh, Denver again on Wednesday and then Chicago Friday. And then Houston Saturday in Houston, second night of a back-to-back, you know, I mean, if we looked at this schedule preseason, I think that, I don't know, I would have given the Thunder maybe like three wins (laughs) up until where we are today. And then, I don't know, there's a good chance that they could beat a team like Washington Wednesday night. Memphis, I'd call it a loss. The Knicks, I think they can beat the Knicks at home. Denver is a toss-up. Like, is Denver going to shoot the ball like they did? Like, I don't know. Like, that's a toss-up in a way. Chicago is interesting in OKC. And then I think they should pummel Houston. You know, I thought they'd come all the, the Pistons, pistons too, yeah but, I know. Um, You know, you never know on a night tonight what's going to happen. But, you know, this is a, gosh, this is just a fun team to watch again. Like, they're just a, they're very interesting. And the, one of the most fun things is like, you know, the best is yet to come. One, because of the age of the roster. And then two, because you know, you've got Chet waiting in the wing and walking, yeah. walking around in two shoes. And like, that's, that's a big deal.
1: I wanted to. I'm going to attempt to uh, share my screen, Andrew. Yeah, but I'm. I'm hoping I can choose.
2: You, but
1: yeah. Oh really? Oh, Andrew, let me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you. Actually, I have to let myself. Okay. Um, because. Oh, never mind. I can't do it. All right. Well, I what I wanted to put together, I did put together. I'll post it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But I. Compare this 14 game stretch to their best fourteen game stretch of last season and the season before. Yeah. Just just as a point of comparison, mm-hmm. because you know, it's easy to forget that last year's team did have a very good stretch. The team before that had a very good stretch. Yeah. They ended up with twenty two and twenty four wins. Why is this season any different? You know why, why are we not just experiencing a similar phenomenon where they're just having a nice stretch and then it's going to fall off and we'll eventually be taking. Mm-hmm. So two seasons ago, so this was the Al Horford, George Hill year. Yep. Their best 14 game stretch was from February to March, that February 14th to March 14th. They were seven and seven in those games. Minus four point differential, minus 5.5 net rating. Now minus 5.5 net rating isn't good. That, that would that would that's like a definitely a non-playoff team. I mean, I think uh, Detroit's somewhere down like minus eight to minus ten right now. Mm-hmm. In that fourteen game stretch, they had losses of 22, 30, 24. The offense was twenty eighth in the league during that good stretch. The defense was eleventh, and they played the nineteenth fastest pace in the league. Mm. Last year, the best fourteen game stretch was uh, December sixth to January second. They were also seven and seven. Minus 2.7 point differential, minus 2.7 net rating. They had losses of 21, 19, 18. They were the 29th ranked offense, the fifth ranked defense during that stretch. And I will say that this stretch, they beat some like, they had some legitimately good wins. They beat a healthy Memphis with Ja. They beat yep. a healthy Denver with Jokic, yep. um, playing the 13th fastest pace in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, first 14 games of the season, they're six and eight so not as good as those previous ones. Zero point differential. They've scored the exact same amount of points as the teams they've played. Yep. Their net rating is minus 0.5. Their worst loss is 10, 12, and 14. Their worst loss was 14 points. Mm-hmm. In all of those past two seasons, they had at least three losses of 18 points or more. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, the 21st-ranked offense, 15th-ranked defense, first in pace. What I think is interesting about this is that it's inevitable that at some point these bad teams are going to have a good stretch during the season. Mm -hmm. A lot of times like for teams like Detroit or like Orlando last year, it happens in the second half. They've been so bad in the first half or even, or even Houston. Mm -hmm. And then they start catching a little fire, you know, around the all-star game after the all-star game, they start picking up a few wins that ultimately don't matter. Similarly with the teams last year, like their best stretches are coming, you know, 40 games into the season, 30 games into the season. I think it's interesting that this team's stretch is happening first 14 games of the year. It's likely they're going to have a stretch better than this based on the previous two seasons because we expect that this team will get better as the season goes on. And assuming everyone's healthy, it's likely they're going to have a better stretch than this. And you could argue that this is the best 14-game stretch they've had Mm -hmm. over these last three seasons. So that's kind of what is getting me excited because yes, you can point to the schedule, you know, uh, Siakam was out of that one game. Kawhi obviously didn't play in the Clippers games. Um, I do think the Dallas win was, was very impressive, even though it took like a massive yeah. comeback. Yeah. Um, but still to be through 14 games and have a net rating of minus 0.5, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And and to think that this might not be the best, I mean, to, to kind of know this won't be the best they look all season. I mean, that would be disappointing if this is the, the best they look and it's all downhill from here. Well, it's just like we based just, on the schedule, though. Yeah, based on the schedule. Yeah. Now, the schedule gets super tough in December. Yeah. Um, though they do have like one of the longest home stands ever. They're yeah. home on the 14th until the 27th. So yeah. even though they're playing some good teams in there, I could see them racking up like a decent amount of wins.
2: Yeah, um, um it's it is a it's odd, honestly. I mean it's Miami, Minnesota, them, Memphis, yeah. yeah. Portland, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio. And even like between like the last the Pelicans game um and San Antonio, they have got three days of rest in between yeah. those. That's through Christmas. You know, it's it is very favorable to To these Thunder guys, who you know, after the Pelicans game, if they want to go home for Christmas, like, hey, you got three days to go do whatever you want, you know? Right. I mean, it's it's a very very favorable in that way, and you know, we'll learn a lot about who the team is through December. I think that we'll know, you know, by Christmas yeah, who the team like January
1: first. I'm so interested to know what their record is going to be because even in the past seasons they haven't really pulled major levers before january 1st they won't yeah they've they've kind of just let it play out and see what happens and i think this year that will be through 36 games so almost half of the season will be completed by the time we get to january 1st Mm -hmm. i mean 36 games i'm trying to think like what what i would predict for a record do it uh well, now I'm trying to do the math now you're, you're trying to you're trying to get, you're oh, trying to God. half thirty six in your mind right now yes, yes, no, I know that it's eighteen <laughs> and eighteen um i I would go like a little below that, so like sixteen and twenty
2: yeah
1: that that doesn't sound. Out of the realm of possibility. It doesn't. It really does not,
2: especially and, with where they are now and the the tough schedule that they've had so far. And I know, like you said, like you can justify everything. But, I mean, it is. it still is what it is. They haven't played a lot of bottom feeder teams yet. And they could be there. And we have proof of what the Thunder will do if they see that things are going well enough because they did that with their Chris Paul year. They didn't go and make some big sweeping changes. They weren't like a buyer at the deadline. They didn't do anything like that. I don't, I don't think they're going to be that. I, I don't think we're going to get to the deadline, man, we really need another wing or we really need another, you a backup point guard or we need the thunder aren't going to go and do those things. So like yeah. we need to make sure that our expectations are where they should be, but they will let it ride if they're good enough. If, if we get to January and they are ten or twelve games below five hundred, which is also not impossible, you know, then I think that levers start to get pulled. But the question is, like the levers were there pretty simply for the Thunder last year. It was like, hey, more Isaiah Roby and more Tail Maladone and more, <sighs> the you know, crutchy critchy. Uh The levers aren't as clear this year as to what you can do like even Isaiah Joe is he's played pretty well dude <laughs> even the Eugene the Eugene, two-way guys Eugene <laughs> Eugene was awesome on Friday we uh McKellie and I really didn't talk I don't even know if we talked about him at all but he was incredible and yeah like who who on this team is the tank commander like if we are if we were to dub somebody the the tank commander like who who is it
1: I mean, if you're going purely by on-off numbers... Yeah. Which I'm not right, sure
2: is the right way to go about it, but yes, go ahead.
1: It's, it's not, but I'm just letting you know. Right now, it's Jalen Williams. It's J-Dub. Um, yeah, which have, doesn't feel sustainable that he will be that bad, you know? Right. I, I would agree. And with, uh, like, last year, oh, I mean, there were obviously all the guys at the end of the season, but even someone like Darius Baisley... Like Bays played almost 2000 minutes last year. Yeah. And the team was minus 7.4 points worse when he was on the court. Yeah. Now this season it's completely reversed. He's a plus 7.1. I know. So even if you think of Bays as like a high minute guy, who's ultimately not going to help you win games, even that <laughs> narrative has started to change this I year. I know. And the other aspect of all this is Shay. Like Shay is an all-star as of today. If he remains healthy, he's going to be an all star. Yeah. He's not just an all star though. Like he is playing at an all NBA level.
2: He's a been a top ten guy this season. And I said that in like a lot I I love what the response was. Is that it wasn't like, oh wow, that's awesome. It's like, oh, you're not that's not hot <laughs> enough. Like that's not a hot enough take. Bell pepper. I mean, if I would have said that before the season, people would have been like, whoa, Andrew, this is crazy. Like, that's insane. But like now people are like, oh, he's easily top three best players. Like, okay, (laughs) like let's let's cool our jets there. But I mean, you look at like Giannis, Luca, Jason Tatum, Ja, Booker, Embiid, Mitchell, Steph, Dame, KD. Like to me, those are like the best guys this season. Yeah, you know, and that's not even mentioning like Jokic or Paul George or LeBron, you know, who are all very good players too. But the the list that I just gave, like SGA, is in that list somewhere. You know, it's ranking players is so difficult. So I'm not like I don't know how I would place him on that list. But to me, he's probably in the like Booker Mitchell, Dame
1: KD level this year, which, which is. It sounds crazy to say that, like, especially when you say someone like KD. But the thing with Shea is that even in the season where like stats are inflated, everyone's scoring 30 points, one, he has the best field goal percentage of anyone in the top five Mm -hmm. in terms of points per game. But two, it's what he's doing on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. Like, especially when we talk about some of these other guys, you don't even mention their defense because it's, we all just kind of know, like, yeah, they're not great defenders. I like Trey. You know, they, they have yeah. to take a, a, on home. a huge offensive load. It's understandable. Shea is putting up those same numbers while also being a positive on defense. Yeah. Just his stocks.
2: Like he's probably yeah. the best, if like probably top three in that group.
1: In yeah. I think OG was one. I forget who was two, and I think he was three. Um, and that shows up i the one thing I didn't mention because part of it is related to pace, but like you compare their best fourteen game stretch from the last two seasons, like they are racking up blocks and steals in a way that they just weren't last year and And to be fair, like they were a better defense last year during their best fourteen game stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense has certainly fallen off since Baisley got injured, you know, since he left the lineup, and I'm not yeah. saying that's the only reason, but the defense has definitely taken a hit. But the offense has just looked like so much more dynamic.
2: Everything is more free-flowing. There's just a lot yeah. more wings. There's a lot more ball handlers. There's a, a lot more decision makers out there. And it's, it's quite impressive. It's very, very impressive. Yeah. Shea is uh, third in total steals. He only trails DeJounte Murray and OG Ananobi. <laughs> OG has 40 steals this That's year impressive. in 15 games. Like, that's wild. Yeah, that's
1: almost three a game.
2: Yeah, Shea has 27 in 13 games. Like, that is pretty wild. Um, Lou Dort has a 19, 19 steals in 14 games. Um, and then in blocks, in total blocks, uh, Poku is tied for ninth with 20 blocks in 12 games, which, uh, shout out to Poku. Uh, and then... Shea has 19 blocks in 13 games, which for a guard, I think he and Tatum are like the only non-big's
1: to have that many blocks. Um, but is- going back to the the original point, like yeah, the the levers are not clear this year. Yeah, who is like and, yeah? What is the lever? And and for people who are going to say, well, eventually they're going to sit Shea. Like if you sit Shea during a season when he has a chance to make All NBA, like if if you thought the national response was bad already, like it, it like I would be pissed. Yeah. If if there were any indication that Shea was sitting unneeded, now if it's like the last ten games of the season and they're out of the playoffs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I want to see sixty to seventy games of Shea. He needs assuming to stay he's healthy. healthy.
2: 'Cause I mean, he's had legitimate injuries as well throughout yeah. his tenure with the Thunder. So it's like on him. But also but we have seen the way that things have been treated with him is you know, I thought he'd miss maybe the first two weeks of the season. You know? And, right. and he didn't. And then he got hurt during the season and he came back quickly. So like those to me are indicators. Like if you're worried, like, oh my gosh, they're gonna sit Shay. They could have taken their opportunity to do that already. That's a good point. In a more significant way. So I think that they're showing we're treating this normally. You know, I don't, I, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I would say like the marching orders in Oklahoma City, which might surprise some people, are go win games. Go out there and play the guys that you think you should to win games. And that's what they're doing and they're winning some games, they're losing games, but they're being, they're competitive night in, night out. And, you know, when I talk to people about this team, it's like, man, this is a really fun team. Like I need to get down there to watch them play. And I would recommend it while you can, while it's cheap to go watch a Thunder game, go, go watch one because this is, they're different. They're, they're really fun. They play a fun brand of basketball and you know, it's it's going to be really fun. Another opportunity. I think I mentioned this on the Monday pod too, but um, this is part of the reason why part of the reason why we're recording today is that that game was so much fun that I just <laughs> wanted to capitalize on my basketball feelings being back a little bit, but also the, the G league ignite are in Oklahoma city. They played here Monday night and they play again Wednesday at 11. And so I, I'm going. I'm probably going to be there. My plan is to be there. But if you want to go watch them play, if you have the ability and flexibility in the middle of the day to go watch a basketball game, I think it's 10 bucks to get in. And you can you pr- get to see
1: Scoot. You get Scoot. to see probably Usman. Usman. Yeah. Yeah. Jang is. And uh, uh, who else? Eugene. Eugene and Jemias Ramsey. Jemias Ramsey has been balling. He has uh, T.J. Wilson. I'm going to try to name as many DJ? blue players as I can. Uh, who's the other guy? Is Robert Woodard yep. still he, on the team? He,
2: yeah, he's the other uh, Sacramento King. That's yeah. on, the, on the blue.
1: Um, do you see? Did you see the thing that Kings are doing with the uh, light the beam, the laser? Yes, man, I really want that. I know. I like that. Isn't that? I cool? like the idea that you can, if you live in Sacramento, you can see it from like far away after every win. If you don't know the. After every Kings win from the Golden 1 Center, they shoot a purple beam up into the night sky. Mm-hmm. And so after every game, every all the Kings fan are saying, light the beam, light the beam. And you can apparently see it for like miles yeah, um, around Sacramento. It's I like good, that. It's That's such, very cool. Such a good
2: idea. The Kings are doing doing great things with their arena yeah. and with that. Have you seen Deuce and Moe, how they uh, do the fire the laser thing from Austin Powers? Yes. Win. Uh, yes very funny very good uh, yeah I wish the Thunder had something like that when you're hiring for your small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free when it's time for me to find a job I went right to LinkedIn Jobs they helped me find the right employer and it was man Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions
0: apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit
2: card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Um, and, hey, I'm going to keep bringing it up until they do it. Start shooting food in the stands. The people want it. Hey, I tweeted about it. People want to be hit with food in their face. Think fi- about it. Fire a burrito into the stands. Now, that, that could hurt if that's a loaded burrito. Oh, load, load that baby up. You got to be ready. Cause I really want a corn dog, but it's, it's, you'd have to break off the stick mm-hmm. because that, I mean, obviously they wrap the bratwurst in mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. but having that long stick would the make stick. it hard to wrap it.
2: Well, also it'd be dangerous. It'd be like in Matt. Well,
1: that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But, like but in, maybe map. if you did mini corn dogs. Yeah. That could be something. Like spray them, like a, like a shotgun. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like a shotgun. <laughs> That would be really cool. They're all individually wrapped mini corn dogs. Yeah,
2: just catch one. Who wouldn't want that? You know, you're you're you need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the third quarter. Well, I got you. Rumble's got you. He's That'd firing mini corn dogs at everybody. Um, yeah, I think they're if you've been to a game, they are absolutely overusing Rumble for stuff. Are, are they really? <laughs> and like underutilizing their players for things like in timeouts and stuff like they're like skits or like, whenever the Thunder would be, like, should be playing some fun game with a player where you're, like, getting to know the players and, like, their likes and dislikes and whatever. Yeah. Like, all, all the other teams do this, except for the Thunder. And they just use Rumble for stuff, you know, yeah. like, for, like, little skits in the middle of the game. And I'm like, who is this for? Like, who is this for the little kids, I guess? But I So you're saying you kids- want
1: some more adult entertainment. No,
2: what I'm saying is I want like good entertainment. <laughs> is what I'm you, saying. And
1: you don't you don't think rumble is good entertainment. No. No. Wow.
2: Not even my kids. My kids are like Rumble indifferent, honestly. Rumble indifferent. Yeah. Like they would much prefer like to see Josh Giddy up on the screen.
1: Huh. Like talking What if, what about if Josh Giddy was in the rumble suit?
2: And took the head off and like yeah, was and dancing around. Himself. Yeah. They would they would then be excited, but until then
1: different that's interesting i mean he i'm trying to think of i mean benny the bull has some you know funny little bits i've always enjoyed benny the bull yeah uh whoever the mascot was that did the backflip off of the giant uh ladder i'm into that kind of stuff mm-hmm. anything where a mascot is in danger it's <laughs> just it just ramps up the well, entertainment well I th- well there's a new rumble i think the old rumble was a little. There's bit, a new Rumble.
2: Well, I mean, this is a yeah. There's there's been a new Rumble for a little while. Really, I didn't. Yeah, know that. the old Rumble used to like walk up and down like the the seats and like step yeah. step on like the armrests. Yeah, like, new, I like that. New Rumble is is not dangerous like that. Hmm. He's much more conservative and um, yeah. I'm I would say less Rumble content and more Storm Chasers. No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, It's just simple stuff where it's like, hey, if you're on a a deserted island, what music would you listen to? Or like, what would you, what books would you take or whatever? Like, all the other teams are doing this, you know? Yeah,
1: I feel like the Kings are not the Kings, the Mavs are really good at those types of uh, in game videos.
2: Yeah, the Nuggets are good about it. Um, there's a lot of teams are and it's just like easy and you do it at media day and you just sit down with them and you just ask them all these questions and then you just th- throw it to your video editors they make a video and you put that up during the timeout like it's just very simple stuff hey hire big d hire a friend dane come on dane you can do it let's go dane i think andrew i, I didn't hear wh- what did you think me. about you the see, new you see little jerseys dane behind me right there what They have a picture of dane right behind oh me. yeah <laughs> um what do I think of the jerseys? I thought they were fine.
1: They're fine. Woo! <laughs> I, I will say, as someone who didn't like them initially, I do think the rust looks interesting. Yeah. I just don't like it with the black. Like, I feel like... Uh, well, if it's that it's not even was... black, though. Huh? It's dark gray. Well, yeah, whatever. But okay. if that was, like, a white jersey... And then the the rust was like the pop color. Yeah, I think I think I might like it because I, I think that rust pattern looks kind of cool. I don't mind the rust down the side. Uh, yeah. I did. I didn't
2: learn it's not leather or pleather, which was uh, a little. You learned that you I had to ask
1: that. that. Well, yes. Uh, Yes. <laughs>
2: Mark, uh, Marcus, will you? Uh... Uh, how, how are the players
1: adjusting to playing in
2: leather? <laughs> Well Keith Parrish and I have been have had a lot of conversations about <laughs> these jerseys and the possibility that it is pleather that they're playing in. I don't like the I don't like the the shorts, the bottom of the shorts. I actually like the actual jerseys. Um mm-hmm. I went in the locker room and they had them they had the jerseys displayed yeah. at, at every locker. And I think the the jersey actually looks pretty cool. Um I just don't like the shorts. The the way that the the uh potential pleather is at the yeah. bottom like it's too thick at the bottom and it looks like chaps you know yeah. on the shorts and i do not like that
1: <laughs> do you think they'll come out with uh rust accessories because if you if like shay <laughs> oh, was wearing God. full <laughs> like the, the leg things and the arm sleeves and they were all rust oh, that might man. look cool
2: yeah i might be into that uh the the these, this group is super into short shorts and the shorts were like way short in the, oh, really? Uh, in the rust, the rust uniforms.
1: Well, Wiggins um, always rolls up one. He rolls up one,
2: one. I know. I've, I haven't had a chance to catch him to ask him what's going on. Like, what's his, how does, how I, are you doing
1: it? What's, I've what's seen that? other players do it. I think it's just a style. I don't, I don't know how they do it though. Like, do you, do you well, use like double sided so, tape? Well that's what i that's what I need to ask
2: him is how yeah, do that's, you do it? That's what I want like, to Like how are
1: you executing the role? Yeah. So,
2: um I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, most definitely.
1: I hope you don't get him in trouble because what if he's using you know an illegal what if tape is an illegal substance? You can't have it on your jerseys. He's he using stickum? Like Yeah, remember, he would be using stickum. remember when Dwight Howard was
2: using stickum? <laughs> and then we oh. and then we had the uh the Wendy, I'm palming the ball.
1: Uh oh man. Speaking of Dwight Howard. So in that stretch last year, where they won, uh, for you know they were seven and seven. Mm-hmm. One of their losses was a twenty-one point loss to the Lakers.
2: Oh boy, whose
1: starting lineup was LeBron, Russ, who had eight points, mm-hmm. uh, Avery Bradley, THT, and Dwight Howard. Gross. They, they lost by twenty-one to that team that's, during their best stretch of the season. That's really gross. Yeah, it's really gross. gross. S-, yeah. S, S, gross. Yeah, so Grape
2: Ape <laughs> says something. I, I think this is, I think Grape Ape is right that he tucks it into his compression liner.
1: Oh, okay. I'm that pretty sure sense. that's correct, but I don't know for sure. I but wonder I if it ever sure. comes unhinged during during the game. He has to re-tuck. i have to ask him. Maybe I can do ask a, about maybe, that.
2: Maybe we can just have him on the pod just to talk about it.
1: I want to know if it causes chafing. You, you might think it would if you're running around and it's rubbing against the inside
2: there's a lot of things we need to know there's a lot of things we need to know hey um, he had
1: a, he had a, he had the, probably the best dunk of the season
2: easily also that was so much fun it was a, off of a botched poku layup and he just <laughs> yes. follows follows it and just with a jam like that's that's another thing that got my basketball feelings all on a tizzy last night was that that dunk cuz we don't get a lot of dunks here and they're not very and if we do they're not very entertaining like a poku dunk is not emphatic it's like every time I watch Poku dunk I think wow he's sure tall you know and then like Shay he just gets there and just kind of you know throws it down you know maybe I guess J-Dub has th- throws down some pretty emphatic dunks
1: yeah J-Dub would be the only um, other one but like
2: that's it we don't have any high flying dunkers maybe maybe that's the the missing piece here in this next draft is a, a high flying dunker
1: well if we get one of the, like the Thompson twins wouldn't that That be would so, definitely count
2: wouldn't that be so much fun like is it amen or amen? Do you know how to say it yet?
1: I think it's just amen. amen. I don't know. <laughs> right when I said that out loud, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I've I think I've said it like
2: three different ways, and I've heard people say it different ways, and I'm not sure oh, how really? it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, he, in particular, is pretty thundery.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I can't find a pronunciation online.
2: Yeah, but he, I, I think amen. Amen. I like him. I'm a amen. Uh, is what hoopsock sixty nine hoopsock. I don't know if you're our pronunciation guide, but you are for for today. Amen. Amen. Um, I like him. I think that he's very thundery, and if you know, he could the thunder could very well be in his range on draft well, night.
1: Uh, last thing, do you would you agree with me? Because this is the way I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm like sort of checked out on the draft in in a way that I have not been the last two years. Yeah. Like, not that I don't care, or I'm still like, I see everyone posting like the Wemby highlights and the Mm -hmm. the Scoot highlights, but it's not, I'm not thinking about it game to game. Yeah. In any serious way.
2: Yeah, I'm not either, which is good, because honestly, it is like stress inducing. Well, it's also exhausting. Because you think, you put all this energy into thinking like only one team is going to get Wimbenyama, you know? Yeah. And there's all these teams that would obviously love to have, I mean, all 30 teams would love to have him, but just like the stress of like, okay, the Thunder don't have to get Wimbenyama to be good. You know, I think if you're Houston, there's like a, there would be a fear in my heart as a Houston fan that if we don't get Wimbenyama, I'm not sure if we can be good. Like anytime well, soon.
1: I've been thinking about Houston lately, because now I'm starting to get worried that the pick isn't going to convey yeah, too bad. because they'll be so bad again. I know. Like that. Like that what is, is the is... path to them being just normal bad next year, other than getting someone like Wimbenyama? There's not.
2: They but Wimbenyama won't even fix it.
1: Not Maybe in year one. Not. not in year one. But we need them to be like the seventh or eighth worst team to like feel good. About mm-hmm. getting that pick, yeah. I don't want. I don't want them to be the. I mean, if they were the worst team four years in a row, hopefully someone nationally would start caring about that and complaining. Yeah, I know. And and is, well, they
2: and what happens with Houston is like, in comparison with OKC, is people actually like were like kind of hyping Houston a little bit going into the season. Oh, I like I really like what they did. Dude, in the draft.
1: their over under was like twenty seven and a half. I
2: know. There's just no way that they even sniffed twenty-seven games. Like, there's just no way.
1: Yeah, it's st- bizarre to me.
2: Yeah, they stink. But and then like now it's just like, oh yeah, Houston. Like they they're having some trouble. You know, so not like look at the tank job
1: that they're doing. You know, I, I was looking at uh coach records mm-hmm. and like Silas is entering historical territory. Now, there have been coaches who have done that before like Brett Brown yeah. who then obviously got to rebound and improve their win loss record. But like where he is right now among coaches, I think it was like who have coached at least 150 games, he has the second worst winning percentage of all time.
2: They have the, they have a worse record than the Thunder <laughs> during this whole thing,
1: during this whole Oh, well yeah. Game. I mean they've been the worst team every single year. Yeah.
2: And they are again. I don't think I don't think Silas survives. To be the the coach on the other side of this, I don't think he makes it. I think he's back on back as an assistant with somebody in the next calendar year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he can come to OKC. He was a great offensive coordinator for Dallas. Sure, bring him on. Cool. Uh, all right. Um,
2: Anything? But else? yeah, they're a
1: mess. Uh, anything else? Um, I don't want to have to go back to work, Andrew. So you can say anything else we could talk about? <laughs> hey, hey. You know, we joke about it, Andrew, but the Wizards, they've been playing real good. Hey, four in a row, and I, that's the next game. What,
2: what I'm trying to do is to not talk about them. Because the, on, the only time that I brought them up... <laughs> On our podcast, on Slam and Champ, they were so bad, like comically bad. Afterwards, well, then you need to bring them up so that they'll they'll lose to the Thunder. Hey, shout out to the Wizards for their defense. They've just they have really put together a nice stretch yeah. here, you know. Without Brad Beal, hey, maybe maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe that's four and ones without Beal. Yeah,
1: Coos has been Coos <laughs> has been so good. <laughs> Yeah, he has. He's, okay, he's fun to watch. Fine. Real last thing is that I'm um, I'm into that I'm into the conversation about uh, the Warriors trading their young guys. Oh yes, and, let's dig and, in. And uh, let's and I like in. to I like that even Golden State fans are starting to come up with fake trades because yeah. I have no sense for what Golden State would accept for any of those guys. My impression is that they have no interest in really. That they would never trade, like, Kuminga or Moody. I don't think they're Uh, trading Kuminga. I don't think that's happening. And it it feels like it's really Wiseman, who just got sent down to Santa Cruz. Kerr said that it could be as much as a 10-day visit down to their G League affiliate. Mm -hmm. But based on the way, like, he was hyped by that organization. I know. And being the number two pick only two years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I just I can't even imagine a deal because any deal that another team would realistically do would have to look bad on from Golden State's perspective. Like they would have to admit that they screwed up. Yeah. And I just don't know if they're ready to do that yet.
2: I I don't I don't think they have the the guts to do it, honestly,
1: especially like Nikaias Duncan threw out, you know, a, a Thunder trade involving like Kenrich and Muscala. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, was, sure, fine. But I was, I was thinking cackling at that. <laughs> like for the Warriors, like that's where this is going to end. Like that's, it's almost like the Jaleel Okafor thing. Yeah. Where yeah. they draft this guy who, to Jaleel's credit, like he had a, at least statistically, a fine rookie season. But then they just kept holding on to him, even mm-hmm. though they knew it probably wasn't going to fit long-term with Embiid yeah. and Nerlens Noel at that time. And then by the time they eventually do trade him, it's like a fake first mm-hmm. and some role. I can't remember who the role player was, uh, but that that's where this feels like it's going. Like they're going to keep holding out because they had. I mean, to have that opportunity. As a team, like as a team with Steph Curry, to have an opportunity to get a top two pick and this is how it might end. Well, they like that is brutal.
2: I mean, they could have had LaMelo.
1: There's a huge. Or they could have had Halliburton. Have like happened. that would have been light years taking Halliburton at number two. Yeah, that was. <clears throat> I mean, a Kong Wu. You know, I mean, even at if this they point, took most, mostly anyone. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> J- Jalen Smith.
1: <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I'm just I'm just interested in hearing what people think the Warriors would accept, because yeah. I just don't think they're going to trade them. I think it would take, it would be too much of an ego hit Mm -hmm. for the type of return they'd likely get for him. I mean, maybe there are teams out there that are like super hyped on Wiseman and would be willing to give like pick assets, but that's not really what they need right now. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, Okafor was traded to
2: Brooklyn for Trevor Booker.
1: Trevor Booker, who hit the uh, backward shot.
2: You know, looker Booker.
1: No looker booker. That was cool.
2: Yeah. That's I mean, that's what they could be looking at if they wait. You know, if it was Kenrich and a you know, one of your lower level firsts, would you do
1: that? Probably. <laughs> I mean, th- I know. Even if it was just for this season, yeah. Playing him for 60 games in OKC's system, you have to imagine his value would be higher than it is right now.
2: Yeah, you could just flip him in the summer. So even we if it's to. just
1: a an asset flip, because you you there's no way you would want to play him with Chet or whatever, that's fine. Like, yeah, I, w- I would still probably do that.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's not. Let's just be clear. I don't think it's going to happen. And I also don't think he's a Thunder player. You know yeah. What I mean? Like he's not like and it's and it's partly why he's not. Working in um, Golden State is because he can't make decisions with the basketball and can't make decisions within an offense,
1: which they knew. And
2: like, like he, he doesn't connect on screens, he's not a good defender. I mean, there's just a lot of really bad things about him. Where if you're at the Thunder, it's like, why would you waste your time there? Like I'd rather develop. I would rather use that this time to develop Poku and figure out more of what he is than bring in Wiseman. And also, you know, I don't want to get rid of Kenrich. I like Ken Rich.
1: Yeah. Now I'm thinking about like if, if Shen Goon wasn't there, if you just plugged Wiseman onto Houston. He's a rocket. He is like 100% <laughs> a rocket. <laughs> like that. Maybe they can trade uh, Eric Gordon. Yeah. would be a nice bet to have. Yeah. yeah. Eric
2: Gordon Gold for State. for Wiseman. That makes sense for both teams. Uh, Makes the, the Warriors better, makes the, the Rockets a lot worse.
1: Um, I also think it costs Golden State a lot of money, which they would pay
2: which they would pay. That's actually a pretty decent outcome if you're if you get Eric Gordon like they they need Eric Gordon in Golden State. Like they need those guys. Um all right. I got to go. Chili's on the stove. Gonna go eat some chili with my family. Um, uh hope you guys have cool. a great day. Hopefully I'll have a a little report on how the the G League is looking and how Scoot Henderson is looking on uh Friday's episode. So look out for that. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.